Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He can shape shift and he thinks like a spaceship. Fast, he's so different than you all, so far apart. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I do keep telling you that, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week it's going to get a lot less weak because we got a dope topic ahead of us. We're going to talk about candy. We got a list of my top five candy bars of all the time. It's going to be dope. We're going to talk about a movie I saw called Moonwalkers. And uh, and what a special treat. Our guy Iceberg13 decided to show up for work. Hey, man, Iceberg, what's poppin', homie? When you say that I don't know what you want me to say, I believe that I have told you that I have no idea what popping means. And I believe I have told you a million times. It just means, you know, what's going on, dude? You want to know what's going on? I will tell you. I have had it up to here with all of this robot hate on the show. Alright, I realize I shouldn't even be opening this bag of worms, but what do you mean robot hate? What I mean is that there is no way Johnny Five would have missed the award show if he knew he had to be here then he would have been here. Yeah, but he... he wasn't here. I know he wasn't here. Because you did not invite him. It was a setup to make him look bad. Uh, it, it was a setup to make him look bad. I don't have to do anything to make Johnny Five look bad. He does it himself. I Iceberg. The only reason I invited him here is because I, I know that you wanted to see him. That 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 you missed interacting with him. So I, I thought if I invited him to this prestigious award show, that maybe you know maybe you guys will get a chance to talk and you know clear the air a bit. That is not true. You pretend as if you care for my well-being when I know for a fact that you are a robo-racist. I am not a robo-racist, Iceberg. Take that back. I will not take it back. You set up this whole charade to discredit the world's foremost robotic actor, Johnny Five. Iceberg, take that back right now. There is no way that he is a robo-racist and Johnny Five is a rotten actor. How dare you say that? The best robot actor of all time is Robocop. That fact is not debatable. Johnny Five is the worst and to top it all off he is a total He tried to call me last week before the awards show. He said that there better be robot cocaine in his dressing room when he got here. I told him that this wasn't that sort of show. I knew he wouldn't show up. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings but it is true. Lies. Lies it is all lies. I won't stand here and listen to you tarnish the good name of Johnny Five. Good day to both of you. Iceberg come on man nobody's trying to hurt your feelings come on back. I said good day sir. listening to the Toys R Us report. 
Welcome to the future. I buy like a lot of VHS tapes when I'm at the dig. If I see them and they look even like remotely cool, I'll bring them home because you buy by the pound. It's like, it's super cheap, man. A tape probably cost you a dime. And with a lot of these things, I feel bad about them getting tossed in the garbage because once it leaves the dig, which is what I call the Goodwill outlet store, once it leaves there, it goes directly into into a garbage dumpster and it's just, you know off to the landfill, and I feel bad seeing these things that I think are neat getting destroyed, so I bring a lot of them home, but then once they get here, I don't really know what to do with them. I'll take them out to the flea market when we sell there, and you can move some. You'll move some every time you go out, but not not tons. You know, you, get, you sell them to, like, hipster dudes and weirdos and just, I don't know, you know, just weirdos, and I, I, I end up keeping more than I get rid of, and... I had, uh, like, boxes and boxes and boxes of them, and I'm like, I gotta get rid of some of these, and I started thinking, like, what can I do to get these into the hands of people? And I'm like, hey, dummy, you belong to a few different VHS forums on Facebook, so why don't you just take a picture of the boxes and the contents and see if you can sell them there for just a couple bucks plus shipping each, you know? Recoup your troubles and get them into the hands of, uh, somebody who might want them. So I took, I took everything that I had that I wanted to get rid of, and I kind of I just laid it out flat on a table out in front of my house where the sun was good and I could get a good picture of them. You know, I I put them all out on a table with the spines up. So if you zoomed in on the photo, you can see what it is. That seems to be the the way that people list things. They'll just take a picture of their wall and say like five bucks each plus shipping. And you're supposed to zoom in and see what's there and see if you want anything. So I figured I would I would follow suit. So I set everything up on this table I have up front. It's like, it's a smaller table, maybe half of a folding table. I keep it out there for just whatever. And I put them all out and I got a chair because I was going to climb up onto it and shoot from above. So for a second, I'm sitting, I'm sitting behind a chair, you know, kind of adjusting my phone, getting ready to go do it. And I see a car pull up in front of my house. I should mention this is on a Friday. I see a car, a car pull up. You always want to sell on Friday, with these kind of things because that's when dudes get paid. So you list on a Friday and hopefully dudes see it. So this car picks up, pulls up rather, and a guy gets out and I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of watching him. It's not, it's not too weird. I, we we uh, live near a school and people will park near us sometimes and walk over to the school, but I see him looking over at me and then he starts walking toward me and he goes, are you, uh, are you having a garage sale? And I, you know, cause it's Friday and I go, no, I'm just selling some of these tapes, and he's like, oh, uh, then he points over to this easy up, this canopy that I have sitting there, he goes, is that for sale, and I'm like, no, I just, I haven't put it back in the garage yet, we use it for the, you know, for the flea market, and then he points over at these other things, I don't, I don't know what you call them, they're like, you know, you put them on the ground, and if you have a car, you drive up them, one goes under each tire, and you drive up it so you can get it underneath, and he goes, are those for sale, and I go, yeah, you know what they are, because we've had them there for a while, and we never... We never use them. And he goes, well, it's like, what do you want for him? And I go, I don't know, man, 25 bucks. And he goes, for both? And I said, yeah, for both. And he goes, I'll take them. And he picks them up and he gives me a 20 and a five. And then he goes, what, what, what are you doing here on the table? And I go, oh, I'm just taking some pictures of these to post them on this uh, on Facebook. And he goes, videotapes, huh? And I go, yeah. And uh, he goes, do you mind if I look? And I go, no, look. And he spent a good 10 minutes checking them out. He didn't buy any, but... uh I thought for a minute he might, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe my impromptu uh, 
VHS garage sale is going to reap some benefits. I guess it did. I made 25 bucks. That was cool. Eventually, you know, he took off. He didn't buy any of the tapes, but the whole thing was kind of weird and kind of fun. I did eventually get them listed on uh, Facebook, and I think I sold about 70 bucks worth. The next day, I had like 50 small boxes going out to all these random internet weirdos uh, with, you know, videotapes in them. But hey, man. I'm happy because these things got to go to somebody who maybe needs them to finish a a set or he needs them because he collects, you know, Freddy Krueger movies. That's what people tended to buy with these. They were going like straight up for the horror movies. Horror movies are going first and then some weird bootlegs I had. You know what I have I have tons of is uh tapes of TV. I always buy a tape if I see it labeled with like some kind of a TV show I like because I want to see the commercials. Nothing will teleport you back to to an old-timey feeling than watching some TV direct from the 80s with commercials, with the station bumpers, with all that stuff. So I got I got so many of these around here, and I'm going to eventually have to uh, move those too. So at some point, I'll probably take them out to the front yard and take a picture of them too. I don't know if somebody's going to pull up. But, you know, you know, it's uh, this was kind of just a fun situation that I thought I'd share with you guys. It kind of made me laugh that... Uh, Somebody thought I was having a weird, silly, like, a uh, VHS garage sale, because all I had was, like, one one small table with, you know, a few hundred tapes on it. I mean, that's, uh, I hope you found that tale as amusing as I did, and I found it pretty amusing, because I was there, and I, I made 25 bucks. I ended up having, like, a $100 day in sales, which is pretty fun. Anyway, let's move into the next portion of the show known as, uh, At The Movies. <laughs> Fall, sit down and buckle up for At The Movies with Icy Robots, VHS edition. We've been planning our 11th Apollo mission to the moon in 10 days' time. We still don't have a clue whether the thing's going to make it or not. So here's the plan. Meet with Kubrick. Convince him. You know, film a pretend moon landing. You're okay. Huh? As I said to you on the phone, we have a proposal for Mr. Kubrick. Cool. The, the, There's a considerable amount of money in this project. All you've got to do is sit in there for five minutes and pretend to be Stanley Kubrick. We decided that there's only one man in the world that could pull this off. And that man is? We didn't actually make it out to the cinema this week, which is weird because a lot of times we'll go two, three times. But this week, nothing. There's this movie Morgan I wanted to see, but for whatever reason, we didn't make it down there. But... We did make it over to Joe Video in Bennett Valley uh, and rented up a tape, a tape called Moonwalkers. Let's see what, um, let's see what Moonwalkers is getting on over at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see. It is presently at 42%, which, yeah, that's about right. It stars Ron Perlman and Rupert Grint, who you might know as uh, Ron Weasley from the Harry Potter movies. I have never seen a Harry Potter movie. It's just not even, not even my thing, so I've never seen one, but, uh, I do know who Rupert Grint is. He's the redheaded one. And we know that uh, Ron Perlman is from Hellboy and a bunch of other cool stuff. So the basic idea is that Ron Perlman is an unstable CIA agent who is over in England trying to find Stanley Kubrick to get him to make a fake moon landing tape. They are actually going to the moon, but they do not think that they have a very high chance of success. So what they want to do is they want to get Kubrick, who is coming fresh off of uh, 2001, to shoot a tape for them just in case. Just in case things go wrong. That's not how I would have done it. It's too high profile. 
in this, they were going to, uh, they were going to whack Kubrick when it was over, but I would have done it like this. If we weren't going to land on the moon, I would have immediately just cut to audio. I would have been like, we're transmitting footage, but have the people at home be like, we can't seem to get the signal. It's, uh, for whatever reason, we're having a hard time getting the video, but we do have the audio. And I would just do the moon landing that way. I would just avoid the video element at all. I would say some poppycock like, once we landed on the moon, we discovered there was some kind of weird magnetic interference, you know, and we just were unable to, uh, submit any video. Who's going to be the wiser? Sure, people would be disappointed, but what do you know about transmitting from the moon, man? It might be impossible for all you know. The movie, obviously, it's like set in the 60s. Uh, Ron Perlman has Vietnam flashbacks. Everybody's wearing like dope mod uh, gear and there's cool music. There's cool scenery. I'm not the biggest dude into the mod scene, but I know some people who are. And if you are, you might enjoy this. It's, it's okay. I cannot go out and recommend you see this, but... If you like the 60s, if you're interested in, like, moon landing conspiracies, if, uh, if you like Rupert Grant, I have to say that the dude, he's grown his hair out, you know, he's a bit older, not that much, but he's grown up a bit since Harry Potter, and the dude, I don't know if he has what it takes to be, like, a great leading man, but he's definitely somebody who's capable of being in a movie and, you know, pulling his own weight. He's not bad. I think that, I'd, uh, you know... Uh, Harry Potter himself has kind of grown a bit past it. Emma Watson is lovely, and she could be a biggest movie star as she wants. She's going to be in Beauty and the Beast soon, and I think it's going to be gigantic. She could be the biggest thing in the world if she so wished. But she spends her time with uh, humanitarian things, and Rupert Grint is, you know, he could join them too. He could be, he could be a working actor if he wants, but, uh, I would imagine he's pretty stoked with all that Harry Potter money he gets in the mailbox every month, but, uh, Moonwalkers, I'm going to give it like three mics on the source meter, you know. If this is something that interests you, check it out. If you like Rupert Grint, check it out. If you want to see Ron Perlman beat a lot of people up, he uh, he is off the chain, man. He's like a ticking time bomb. He beats the heck out of a million people, shoots a million people. There's a lot of violence, good shootouts, some fights. If you like it, you might like, uh, you might want to check it out. But I can't give it the highest recommendation, so... Let's move in to the main event section of the show where we are going to take a look at my top five candy bars of all the times. This is Don Fry, and you're listening to Toys R Us Report. Touch it down, I'll kill you. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. This week on the show, our boy Icy Robot stopped by candy bars of all the times. I'm a bit of a candy boy. I like my candy. I like all sorts of candy. I like hard candy like uh, lemon drops. I think lemon drops are just about the most underrated candy in the world. They're like sweet and tart at the same time. They're delicious. I love that. I like tangy taffy type things. I like saltwater taffy. I like chocolate. But, uh... Most of all, I like candy bars. I don't eat a lot of candy bars, but we are getting into a mini candy bar season, that being Halloween. So I've been giving some thought on the topic and I said, hey man, you know what? This is something that brings us all together. Just about everybody in the world enjoys candy. And even if you don't, you know, uh, take in and partake the candy, I'm certain you'd still enjoy it. Everybody 
like some sweet, some sweet chocolate. So without, uh, without any further adieus of any sort, let's, let's just hop right into the list of my top five. These are just mine, just me, just what I think. I'm not, uh, we all have different tastes. We all have different opinions. This is just what I think. These are my top five candy bars of all the times. Number five. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy got nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy's got bitch nut chocolate. Coconut and marshy nuts too. Mounds got deep nut chocolate and chewy coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't. Ooh. Peter Paul, Almond Joy's got nuts. Peter Paul, Mounds don't. Because. Sometimes you feel like a nut. I love the taste of coconut. I love almonds. I love chocolate. The Almond Joy is a fantastic candy bar. I am sort of, I'm sort of rating them like this. Uh, every year, you know, 2.0 goes out trick-or-treating and she comes home with a big bag of candy. She is not a giant fan of candy. She'll eat some, not a lot. She, she's a gal, you know, she, kids today are really health conscious and I'm happy of that. You know, I'm happy that she's health conscious and doesn't want to, you know, become a big candy boy like me. So she, uh, you know, she lets me have at her bag, which is dope. And I kind of thought this is how I would rate the candy bars. When I am going into 2.0's bag, what am I looking for? What do I want? And in what order do I want these? And when I see an Almond Joy in there, I want it. I consider that to be a high caliber candy bar. I really, uh, I like the taste of the coconut. Coconut's good to me. I am a big big coconut guy, uh, I do, when I go for the, the Almond Joy, I, I know that other people are not so into coconut like myself, so I feel as if I can, I can leave it behind and go for, uh, go for other candy bars, that's why Almond Joy, despite being a delight, only made it to number five, let's check out what is number four. Number four. I was like totally looking for places where I could cut that commercial, but man, that song's just, that song's jumping, dude. Uh, keep on, keep on moving with Twix. Twix is a candy bar put out by Mars. You get two in every pack. You get two, uh, wafers. It's like a cookie wafer with caramel and sweet chocolate on top, and you get two of these. That's what makes the Twix dope. When me and the old wife are out, and I'm just like, I'm gonna get a candy bar when I hop into the 7-Eleven or whatever, if I'm feeling like a bit of a, bit a lightheaded. I'll go in and I'll get one, and I know the Twix is a nice choice because there'll be one bar for me and one bar for her. It's kind of, it's a romantic candy bar. It shows that you are thinking about somebody besides yourself, and if you happen to be by yourself and you get to eat both of the Twix, you're just super stoked. It's cool, man. You can eat one now. You can eat one later. The Twix has a lot going for it. I, I enjoy the mini Twix, uh, you know, that come along in a Halloween season because it's like half the size of one of the wafers. It's just 
a nice bite. The cookie gives it a real kind of just enjoyable crispness, but it's not, it's not too crisp. It's just crisp enough. The uh, caramel level is just right. I got to give, uh, you know, big thumbs up to Twix, man. Twix, number four on the list. Uh, let's keep going, though. Let's keep rolling. Let's uh, check out what is numero tres. Number three. No matter how much you exercise, everyone deserves an exercise and indulgence. With a score candy bar. And one, and two, and... Mmm, crunchy, buttery toffee, sumptuous milk chocolate, it's really rich. Look, everyone deserves to indulge themselves once in a while. And when you do, nothing satisfies you like score. Now, back to my workout. I love how many candy commercials involve working out. In the commercial, this girl's doing her jazzercise, but she gets to take a break for her score. In the, in the Twix Keeps You Moving commercial we saw earlier... The implication is that, you know, hey man, if you're feeling down, don't go eat a banana or something like that, you know. Eat a, uh, eat a Twix bar, man. You'll feel great. You'll keep moving. But, uh, the score bar is produced by Hershey's. It's a big, thick piece of hard butter toffee covered in milk chocolate. Uh, the score bar is almost identical to the Heath bar. The only difference is that the score bar is a bit thicker. Heath was originally produced by a company named Leaf, Leaf Candy, and then Hershey's wanted to make, uh, they wanted to horn in on the butter toffee covered chocolate, uh, reverse that, the chocolate covered butter toffee candy bar business, and they, they came up with the score bar. Eventually, they acquired Heath Candy, but they still kept going with the score bar, and I know that the two are the same, but when I'm at the candy shop, when I'm at, you know, the 7-Eleven, or the magazine stand, or wherever, I will go for the score. I don't know why. I always have, I probably will continue. It's probably, uh, some kind of a subliminal ad got in my head at some point, and I'm just, score. I'm a score guy. It's like being a Pepsi and a Coke guy, or they're, they're almost the same, but everybody has their preference when it comes down to score, or Heath. I will go for score. Score is a Swedish word. It means shoes. I think that is an interesting choice for a candy name, but, uh, I really enjoy the mini score, too, and when I see one in the bag, I go for it. It's a bit crunchy, and sometimes, you know, pieces will get stuck, like, in the back of your teeth or whatever, but they're candy, they're salt, I mean, they're sugar, they are not salt, and they will dissolve, so let's continue a fourth into this joyous journey of candy and see what is up next on the list. Number two. Here it comes! You missed! Faster! Get out of the way! Oh, oh, wow! Your peanut butter hit my chocolate! Your chocolate hit my peanut butter! Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Real milk chocolate, delicious peanut butter. Two great tastes that taste great together. This right here is where the competition got really rough. The, uh, the line between number two and number one was so tight. There was one thing that made a major difference that I will talk about when I get to number one. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is one of the most delightful candies in the world. The 
the peanut butter is this perfect consistency. It's just, it's hard, but it's also soft, and the flavor of it combines just, just amazingly with the chocolate. This is just an all-time great, and when I see them in the, uh, in the Halloween candy bag, I will go for them. They're, they're dope around Christmas time. They make them shaped like trees. Around Halloween, they get shaped like pumpkins. There's hearts. This is almost, you know what? This is a perfect candy bar. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. There is no way it can be improved upon. The, uh, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is produced by the Hershey Company, of course, but at one time it was produced by H.B. Reese Candy Company. H.B. Reese was a, he was kind of a pal of Hershey's. He was in the business with him, and at one point he decided to strike out on his own, and he, he came up with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and he rode that, you know, for years and years and years till eventually he passed. And his children uh, sold the company to Hershey's. And from what I understand, the amount of stock they received at the time is now worth over $2 billion. As we speak right now at this moment, Reese's is the number one candy bar in the world. It's number one by a wide margin, but internationally, it's only number four. It uh, only picks up maybe two or three percent of its sales outside the United States. That's interesting. I think that, I think it's a peanut butter thing. I think that, you know, peanut butter is not exclusively an American thing. It is, it's out there in the great world, but we Americans, we love peanut butter. I myself am a peanut butter maniac. When I need like a treat, like a small treat, I'll, I'll get a scoop, you know, a spoonful of delicious peanut butter, and usually that'll hold you over till the next meal. It's delicious. When I come across, like, you know, a piece of a Hershey's bar or, like, some kind of just random piece of chocolate, like a Easter Bunny's ears, I'll, I'll stick them right into the peanut butter trying to imitate that deliciousness of the Reese's peanut butter cup. You might be thinking, my dude... You seem like you like Reese's so much. You have, I'll say it, I, I almost said it earlier, but I'll say it now. And I am going through the uh, Halloween bag. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is number one. And I think it's number one for everybody. I think when you're looking, that's the thing you go for. When you see that orange wrapper, you just, you zoom in on it like you're a, you know, T-1000. And you, you need it. You need that bad boy. But there is one thing separating Reese's Peanut Butter Cup from what is number one, and we shall discuss this in a moment. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. This is it right here. I think I see Robot's favorite candy bar in the white world of candy. so there you have it snickers is my number one candy bar in the wide world of candy and it is Number one for one main reason. And that one main reason is this. I spend actual money on Snicker bars. Most other candies, I'll take them if I get them. You know, I will grab them from the Halloween bag or if I see them in like a bowl or whatever. I'll grab them. I will buy, I will buy the seasonal, uh, 
Reese's Cups, you know, the Christmas trees and the hearts and the pumpkins or whatever. I will buy those, but when when I'm at the dig and I have like a dollar fifty and I want to get something, they have a candy machine there. When I go to the candy machine, I always pick Snickers. I always pick Snickers. I guess when it comes down to it, I cast my vote with my wallet. When I have money and I'm going to spend that money on candy, I will always pick Snickers. I do love I love peanut butter cups, but a peanut butter cup, even though there are two of them in the pack, it's not as filling as a Snicker bar. When you eat a candy, you wanna you wanna be you wanna be satiated. You want you want your desire for candy to end with the end of the candy. And when you eat a peanut butter cup, even if you eat two, you will inevitably want three. You will want four. You will want five. They are delicious. They are awesome. But they don't satisfy you in the way that a Snicker bar does. In that sense, their advertising is very, very, very truthful. Uh, a Snicker bar is produced by Mars Candy. It is currently the, uh... The number three candy in the world, as far as I can tell, number one is M&M's. And some of you might be wondering why I didn't put M&M's on the list. I love M&M's. I think they're great. I love Reese's Pieces as well, but I don't consider them to be candy bars. They are chocolate candies. They are fantastic, amazing candies, but they are candies nonetheless. The Snicker bar was introduced in 1930. The name of the candy comes from the Mars family favorite horse. It was a, a horse named Snickers, I suppose. The Snicker bar consists of nougat, peanuts, and caramel with a chocolate coating. So, what is nougat anyway? Is it some kind of, like, nut product? I have no idea. It's, you know, it's chewy. It's, uh, it has an interesting texture, but I don't know where nougat is and don't feel as if, uh, you have to text me and tell me where you know where it comes from because you know I'd, if I if I really wanted to know I could uh, look it up. The Snicker Bar is known as the Marathon Bar in the UK. Uh, eventually, they have changed the name of the Marathon Bar to the Snicker Bar, but there are some places over there where they're holding out and they are still Marathonites today. That's cool, man. Keep it real, you know. Keep your uh, regional traditions. So. There you have it, man. That's it. That's about all you need to know about candy bars in uh, relation to Icy Robots. You know, I I, I I dig candy, and it was fun to put this together. Uh, there are a few uh, honorable mentions I think we should throw out here. I love Butterfingers. I think it has a really great texture, and there is something really unique about the taste of it, but it didn't make it because I don't like the way that it fragments when you bite into it. Inevitably, some will wind up on the floor. I also enjoy the Charleston Chew, but it didn't make the list because it is too chewy. Every time I get one, I feel like I'm going to pull my back teeth out, uh, especially if you get them from the freezer section. A frozen Charleston Chew, while interesting, is a very tough uh, snack to chomp down on. There's also the Zero Bar. I like that one a lot. It is a white chocolate with like a, like a I don't know what, what's inside of it. It's kind of dark. It's dark colored. It's a an interesting candy bar. I kind of like how it's the white chocolate, but not good enough to make the list. So I guess, you know, if you guys got some thoughts on this, I would uh, really dig checking those out. You can hit me up on Twitter. It's at Robots, I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S, or over on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Robots. That, that's the best place to get a hold of me. That's where the most action is over on the Facebook group. So hop on over there and check that out. You won't be sorry for long. You can also Hit me up on icrobots.com. I've been putting stuff there all the time. I recently did a redesign of the site, so 
You might want to check that out, iseerobots.com. That's dope. I got a lot of video store stuff, VHS pictures, uh, pictures of video store stickers. I got some cute retro gals. That's a new new thing we're starting over there, new feature. Where we're going to take a look at some uh, cute gals from the past, you know, 70s, 80s gals like Aaron Gray or Linda Carter. I got one I'm working on right now for uh, Raquel Welch. It's going to be fun. Nice feature. So... Let's move into the final segment of the show known as the uh, Toys R Us Report. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. This is the part of the show where I, I do some news. I'll talk about new toys or TV shows or who's been like cast in movies or whatever. And, uh... The way I handle this is that during the course of the week, I, I, you know, carry a notebook with me. And if I hear something or I think of something, I jot it down. And then I'll, you know, grab that notebook and talk about whatever is written there. And all I have written down this week is the word sizzle-lene. Do you remember that uh, product sizzle-lene? It was like a bacon, sort of a bacon alternative in the 80s. I, I, I know exactly where I thought of this from. I was watching a v, uh, MTV Classic. And they do a, a Yo! MTV Raps kind of show. And it's actually not bad. They they play a variety of videos that haven't been seen in a while. They do repeat a lot of things. But there are, you know, often one or two dope videos per hour, which is okay. Uh, what I'll do is I'll wait till I have like five of them recorded and I'll mow through them. And maybe, you know, I'll see like five or six videos and it seems like fun. But anyway, they played uh, Craig Mack, Flavor in Your Ear, and he said... These famous words that got me thinking about uh, sizzling. Just like a piece of sizzling, you'll fit inside my stomach with the eggs and grits between. So I'm sitting here when dude says that, and I'm like, man, I have not had that, uh, I have not had a piece of sizzling, and I just, I can't even remember how long it was. It was a weird product, like I would see it on TV and commercials, and I would insist that my mom buys some, uh, some sizzling for us, and, you know, being a good mom, she would get it. Also, do you remember Steakums? I remember Steakums like crazy, and I would see the commercials for these two things, and I'd be like, Mom, when you're at the store, please get some Steakums and some sizzling. And, you know, she would, and then, you know, one day for breakfast, we would have, you know, the sizzling, and then... Another day for dinner, we would have, you know, steak em sandwiches, and that was always super fun. It was like, it's always really neat when you do something that people are doing in a commercial, especially when you're a kid. Do you remember that feeling of, I'm doing the exact same thing that was in the ad? I, I, <laughs> you're not realizing that you're actually, like, brainwashed. You're just like, you're happy because the people in the commercial seem normal, and you're like, I'm doing what, like, normal people are doing. Not to say that I... I didn't feel normal, but, you know, when you're younger, there's kind of, like, even when you're older in some people, some people, you know, still have it, some people lose it, but there's always this desire to go along with what others are doing, and imitating a commercial to the best of your ability is really one way to do that, and I, I, you know, I, I would see these commercials for Sizzling, and I, I you know, I just, I, I really had to do it, and I was always so happy when I got the chance to have the Sizzling inside my stomach, with the eggs and grits between. Move over, Bacon. There's something leaner. Tasty sizzling. Whoa, sis. What's the matter with my bacon? Here's what's the matter. F-A-T, fat. Sizzling's 50% leaner than bacon. It's all real meat without all the fat. Mmm, delicious. 
Move over, bacon. There's something leaner. So why sizzle fat? Sizzle lean. From Swift. And look for Sizzleine now. It's a better value than ever. But hurry, it's flying out of the store. I wonder, I wonder if I ever tried to imitate that scene, like, exactly. Like, I had my mom make some bacon, and then I rolled in. I'm like, check it out, man. It's time for you to uh, slow your roll and get with the new. This is uh, the bacon for a new generation. It's called Sizzleine. And while you're out there sizzling fat, ma, I'm sizzling lean. This is 37% less fat. And then I, you know, threw it down, and she tasted it, and she had no choice. No choice but to give in to the flavor of Sizzleine. So I'm sitting there, sitting there watching this video, and I, I'm just like... I need some sizzleine. I needed it. You, I, I, I had to have the flavor. So I, you know, I turn to the old wife and I go, "Hey, next time you're over at the grocery store, buy me some sizzleine." And she turns around and looks at me like I'm the biggest dummy in the world. And she goes, "They don't make that anymore." And I'm like, "Sure they do." I was at the grocery store with you last week. I, I swear I saw it. Now, when we grocery shop, it's, it's torturous to me. I cannot stand the constant. Walking, stopping, walking, stopping. I just, I don't know. I like the food, but I hate the process of grocery shopping. It drives me insane, and there's, like, these bright neon lights, and it's just, why did I say neon? You know, the fluorescent lights, and it's it's horrible. I just, I can't stand it. So I put myself into, like, a catatonic, near-death state, like Storm Shadow would in the uh, Arashikage Ninja Clan training, and, you know, I just, I I go through it, and I could have sworn that I saw Sizzleine, but she's like, dummy, they don't make that anymore. You you can't have it. And I, I go, but I saw it. So she hops onto her phone and she really, you know, she enjoys foodling around on her phone. It's one of her favorite things to do. So she's just like, I'll look it up. And she goes, dum-dum, they haven't made sizzling since 2005. And I, 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 you know, I was awash with depression. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that I would never get to taste a product again till a second ago I had completely uh, forgotten ever existed. It was really... Really a devastating blow. I just, I can't even remember what it tastes like. I don't remember if it was good. I don't remember if it was bad. I I seem to remember it was really crisp and flat and straight. But I I'm not, I might be confusing it with like Morningstar uh, vegetarian bacon. I, I don't know. But that's good too. If you ever get a chance. It's not it's not bacon by any means. But it does have an interesting flavor all its own. But uh, man, it's, it's sad. I will never get to eat a bite of sizzling again for the rest of my life. Eh? Not only that, for the last, you know, over 10 years, I've never been able to get a bite, and I didn't even know. So, that hurt, too. I wish they would have had some kind of big announcement, like, this is it, we're pulling sizzling off the shelves. Maybe they did, and I just didn't even care, because I was too busy, like, doing normal things that people do, and not worrying about less fat bacon products from the 80s. Uh, so dig this, too. I... I'm making some changes, you know, uh, we're changing the name of the feed, it's gonna be called Icy Robots Radio, the name of this show will always be the Toys R Us Report, but we're gonna have a bigger umbrella over it, it's gonna be called Icy Robots Radio, and that's gonna change, but you don't have to do anything, your, uh, podcast software should update that automatically, so, we will be up with the I's instead of down with the T's, but that will be the only difference, it's gonna be there for you, you don't have to do a thing, but I was over on iTunes, looking into, uh, you know, just seeing what would have to be done to change these things, and I noticed something, I never get over there, I don't have any Apple devices, I never have, so, iTunes isn't something I think about too much, but, uh, if you want to leave us an iTunes review, I, I, I would appreciate that, it does, does help us over there, and I discovered recently that, uh, more people listen to the show through iTunes than any other way, so I probably should be paying more attention to that. So, please, leave us an iTunes review. But I was over there and I saw something that uh, that really made my week. There was a review by by a sweet chap named 
Captain Laserbeam. And Captain Laserbeam, if you're listening, and I, I hope you are, I finally, I finally saw your review, and I just want to say that uh, that was just about the kindest words ever written about me in any form in my entire life. I, I appreciate it so much. You, you wrote like six paragraphs, and I cannot even, I can't even tell you what that feels like to me to have somebody just go to all that trouble to say nice things about me. I appreciate it so bad. It was just super duper duper nice, man. You you absolutely made my week. It's nice. I know, you know I'm here. I'm doing the show and I'm it's different. It's different than some other shows that are out there and I you know, I I, I think that's cool, but it might not be everybody's thing and I realize that it's like I'm out there. I mean, I'm reaching, I'm reaching into the void and it's nice to have somebody actually like reaching back. So, Captain Laserbeam, I got to give it up to you, man. Uh Thank you so much, dude. You absolutely have. You've absolutely made my week. You made my month. Uh, go over there and read it, man. If you if you got a few minutes, hop on over to iTunes and you will read the most amazing essay ever written about the Toys R Us report, Captain Laserbeam. You are you are officially a. I'm gonna send you a party blimp pass. I'm gonna send it uh, through the ether, through the time and space. Uh, it is an immaterial object, similar to a Marvel no prize, but you have. From this point forward, being given a lifetime pass to the IC Robots Party Blimp, yes, it's still in effect. It might not might not be as prominent a project as it once was, but we got a team of people working on it. It's uh, it's going slow, but they're doing it. They're working on it, and when we eventually eventually take to the sky, Captain Laserbeam, you'll be with us. Uh, so, with all that said, you know I'm gonna get up out of here. We got a. Uh, Got some things to do around the station. Got to get back to Vince and whatever. You know, Iceberg's not not the best guy to work with sometimes. he He's a bit cranky. Every time he storms out of the show, you, you have to realize he's storming out of work. He's not going to help me with the Vince that day. He's going to pout. So it still has got to get done and I still has got to do it. So I'm off to that. So this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. This is Toys R Us Report, episode number 93, top five candy bars of all the time. So for uh, Engineer Emily... Iceberg. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.